Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinning, Upper Deck Heritage Auctions, Sunday to Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Today is August 4th. I've been back this week from the National, and this is my National Recap episode. I'm really regretting I mentioned in a previous podcast, which would be worse, no air conditioning or no Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi was great. The air conditioning was not. That's the only negative, really, for the National. This was the best National ever, the biggest and the best. Hats off to John Brogy, Dan Burkus, and their whole team. A terrific effort. I heard people try to come up with a critical negative, and they go, it's just a money grab. Money grab all you want if you're going to bring in a hundred and some thousand people and put a bunch of dealers in the room. The money grab would have been if they would have put in a bunch more dealers and not had the crowd to support it. So they had the crowd and the dealers. Of course, dealers don't want to have a whole bunch more dealers. The dealers want to just have it cozy, have a bunch of collectors, a bunch of purchasers, buyers there, but don't load it up with too many dealers or it's diluted. Of course, collectors want more dealers. They want more selection. And everybody wants more collectors. If you've got a 1,000 collectors coming to a 10-table show, the 10 tables are going to do well. But if you've got a 1,000 dealers and there's a 1,000 collectors, everybody's going to be grumbling. It's going to be terrible for everybody. But if you have a 100,000 collectors and a 1,000 dealers, the proportions work. I started off and went to the singles club where everything's a dollar. Most of their table, probably half their booth, is dedicated to singles, pretty much top-loaded cards in double shoes, and it was really packed. The kicker was they announced right before the show that everything was going to be 50 cents, so it was an even better deal, same great quality. And I told people that I like to check that out, and so I was there Wednesday and Thursday, and apparently people listened to the podcast and know that I was there or found out from other means. So I had a steady stream of visitors and selfies and autographs and cards and even some autograph balls. And it was a lot of fun because it's in a singles club. It's a very casual atmosphere. It's not stuffy. You've got these boxes to go through, and I'm sitting there with Rich Klein. Mike Summer was there for a while. John Newman came by. So a lot of podcasters and content creators felt like maybe I needed to pay rent. But then I thought, wait a minute, I'm bringing customers, but then maybe there ought to be a cover charge <laughs> because the, the seats were coveted when you got there because it was very crowded, especially Wednesday and Thursday. The adage of waiting till Sunday to get a good deal does not apply to dollar boxes. You want to get there early because it's already a good price. I felt like I was loafing for some of the show. I'm trying to get a balance between sitting and standing and walking and there's not a lot of carpeted stuff. My backpack, depending on the time of day, could be heavy, but I got in at least 10,000 steps each day. And I was not too proud to request a chair if I was going to be taking a position. I had one table where they just couldn't get me a chair, but it was fun to go through. And I was standing up with my backpack on for an hour. And it really wasn't very fun. But generally, if you ask for a chair, if they can comply, if there is an available chair, they'll uh, scoot it out for you. But chairs are precious. People can steal the chairs or move them to another area. Trade nights, I think, were a huge success. I did not go to them. The question I have is, do trade nights count in the attendance? When people get a VIP ticket, that counts for five days. Whether they go all five days, they're getting admission to five. So that counts as five. But the trade nights also are events. They're not under the auspices of the National Card Show. But I think there were people in Chicago who went to a bunch of trade nights and maybe didn't get admission to the show. And so how do you count that? There were tons of people all over the place, morning, noon, and night. 
There was an Instagram video that came out on Tuesday of me and a little bit of my wall of fame and signing some magazines. And apparently enough people saw that, which was an extremely current picture of me. So I felt that I was more recognizable, which I don't even like to be that recognizable. I like to have some ability to roam around. But the video got apparently enough action that people were noticing that. I was in the difficult position at the end of the show where I was thinking about heading home and I'd bought a bunch of cards. A lot of the dollar box cards come in top loaders. And if it comes to top loaders, great. You can take them out of top loader and reuse the top loaders. But I wouldn't have been able to get them back in the top loaders. So I'm trying to get them out of the top loaders. And there's a technique, if you've ever seen a veteran dealer, you can pound the top loaders, stack them up and pound them out to where the cards, you've got to have a good landing area where you're not dinging the corners. But getting the cards out, especially if they're not penny-sleeved, they will slide out. If they are penny-sleeved, they may be stuck in there, and you've got to reach in and try to get them out. And that's difficult. It takes a long time. So basically, the guy that was buying the cards from, I didn't say, hey, will you give me a discount if I give you back the top loaders? That seems not fair. I said, here, I'm just going to leave the top loaders. So he said, thank you. That's nice. Okay, attendance. How do you get to 100000 just my number thought, if there were 15,000 people there on Wednesday, 25,000 on Thursday, 25,000 on Friday, 20,000 on Saturday, 15,000 on Sunday, that adds up to exactly a 100,000. I actually think each of those numbers were bigger. I think Friday probably was the biggest day, but each of those numbers I think are conservative. I think they had 125,000 people there, again, not including the trade night people. There was one table that I used to shop at that I really like. I really like the people, but I did not shop there because, and this is interesting, a sports card, their table was too well organized. They did not have a booth last year because they didn't want to go to Atlantic City. So they had two years to get ready. Instead of doing dollar boxes, they had everything pretty much priced. That takes the fun out of it for me. They had half-off boxes, but it's half-off of what? So I basically like to just look at a dollar box, and I can, yes or no, do I want it? Not, it's half-off something, and is that a good deal? So no offense to them. I hope next year they are less well-organized and that I can shop again because they've been a mainstay for me at that particular table. I got at least three random acts of kindness, emphasis on act. The racks I hear about a lot of times are just like a gift, but this was an act of service. I'm sitting at the dollar box, and I'm sitting in between people, and they're sitting, and we're chit-chatting, and they're seeing what I'm pulling. I generally pull low supply, generally low demand. If it's low supply, it's also going to be low demand if it's in a dollar box. You're not going to find a high demand card in there that's low supply. And so they're seeing this. Hey, I see what you're pulling. I'll pull some if I see something you might like and set it aside when I'm looking. And I'd say, I'm happy to do that for you. What are you looking for? It's hard for me to say what I'm looking for. It's hard for them to say what they're looking for. Although one guy said what he was looking for. And deep down, I thought, they're not in there. Those are not the cards that are in this dollar box. At any rate, so he was helpful. I had three people actually do that. I think they really had no idea who I was. I was just a fellow hobbyist. And they were pulling a few cards for me. And I thought, that is truly a random act of kindness. So I gave them, actually pulled out my fan favorite cards, autographed and gave it to them at the end. And I think they got a kick out of that. I got a kick out of it because these were salt of the earth hobbyists. And But again, you can't say, hey, pull... Uh, if it's a low serial number, even if it's a bad player, you can pull that. They're not going to pull out a one of one and say, I'm going to give it to you. If it's a one of one, they keep it. If it's a one of 10, they keep it. If it's one of whatever. But generally, that's not what you're finding in there. But they might find one of the 150 or something like that. Or, Are you interested in this? And I could look at the player and say, and the set and say, yeah, I'm interested in that. That's a team or a player that I collect. 
people had a lot of difficulty figuring out how to find the table locations. Nobody I heard talking about that it's set up like a baseball field. You walked in in first base. When you go to the left, you'd go all the way to the end. The lowest numbers, the tables with the lowest numbers were at home plate, which is in the northwest corner of the building. If you head straight out, what would that be, east? You'd be going up to the higher numbers. That's left field. The corporates were in from shortstop to left field. The new hall was in right field. Center field was shallow because it was more like a pie-shaped, a triangular thing. The bad room, which was supposed to be in right field, turned out to be a great room because there was lots of action there, lots of music. And I think some of the younger people will follow the music. And they went in there. PSA was in there. PSA actually was second base. So they weren't all the way out there. They had a good location, had a lot of activity. BGS was more in right center. And they had a lot of activity as well. I just thought right field turned out to be good (laughs) and left field turned out to be good and center field. There were no bad locations there. I've heard discussion of they want to group the all the vintage people in one place and all the memorabilia place. I'm not totally against that, but the National is a dealer-run show where the dealers delight in selecting their location for the next year based on where they think they'll get the most traffic. And practically speaking, a lot of the vintage people are turning to the left, which was the old primary interest in the old days. But a lot of people went to the right this year because they listened to the music. When they talk about how many booths they have, if it's a 10 by 15 booth, that's really almost the equivalent of three or four tables. So the number of tables is massive. You can't compare it to a regular show that has six-foot tables. There were 4,000 six-foot tables at the National, if it would be the equivalent. Huge lines at the corporates where they don't even have tables, but they had lots of action there. If you had nobody at your booth, you were doing something wrong. I just was walking the floor at times, and there just weren't many dead spots. You just would see somebody there. In fact, the strategy almost is to go where there's lots of people. And most of the time I did that. Didn't always do that. In fact, two of the guys that I spent a lot of time with the previous year in Atlantic City were not listed as dealers, and they were in out-of-the-way places. One guy had a nook on the side of his friends, and I found out about that at the last minute. And another guy was in the middle of the vintage area, and and his inventory didn't fit. And so he had less traffic, I think, than he would have had. But I didn't miss it, and I got over there. Rich told me about it, and I enjoyed that. I heard somebody talking about taking a break from the show and going to the museum. I just can't even imagine that. I'm there for the card show. My time off is going to be in the evening. I might go to the ball game or go to dinner with a group. If your wife is there with you, yeah, then maybe you go to a museum, the Rock and Roll Museum in Cleveland, but that's a pretty good drive. But I'm there for the cards and the people that love the cards. What if this is the best ever? I think, in fact, that it is the best ever, but is this the peak? Because Anaheim set the standard for 32 years. Now that Fanatics is doing events, how might that affect future nationals? And Rob Veras at Burbank Sports Cards is having his Anaheim show. He's going to have 900 tables. That's almost like a West Coast national. So I think there's a very good chance that Cleveland will not be as good as Chicago. Cleveland next year at the national. And it may not be Cleveland's fault. It's closer to the East Coast, I'll admit that. But I don't know that they can get 600,000 square feet in Cleveland. And maybe they can. 600,000 square feet, is that the new standard? for the national. If it is, it further shortens the number of locations because you need it all on one floor for future nationals. As far as Fanatics doing events, it was a big deal. I think TriStar had 125 signers. Fanatics could have 225 signers. 
And they could do it the All-Star Game Week in baseball, which has the distinction of being the only week where two of the days in that week have no sporting events other than the home run derby. But Monday and Wednesday, before and after the Tuesday All-Star Game, there's no basketball, there's no hockey, there's no football, there's no baseball other than the All-Star events. So if they were to do something in the All-Star City or somewhere else, they could have a lot of athletes from a lot of sports that could show up, and they're really good. And then finally, my other tip, which may seem a little gross, but I'm sure yeah, I kept up with my personal hygiene, but I made the decision to not have my room cleaned for the last three or four days. Because once I had cards in there on the counter and all that, again, I buy too many to fit in the safe. I thought, you know what? I've got enough towels. I've got enough shampoo. My bed is not so messed up that I can't sleep in it. So I had the do not disturb on. And so I didn't have to worry about any room cleaners coming in and getting sticky fingers from the cards that I had there. Again, they weren't super valuable, but still, once I buy cards, I don't want to lose them because I'm looking forward to taking them home and seeing what I got and having fun with them. Once I've spent the time and effort to pull them, I don't want to lose them at that point. Thanks, everybody. This was a fabulous national, the best ever. Thanks to the Brogies and the Burkuses for their legacy. They've definitely left it on a high note, and I hope Joe and company can take it to the next level. But it's going to be difficult to top this, and I hope they can. But again, I'll see you before next year. But again, thanks. and. Well done.